You're listening to Bloom in Tech with David Bloom. This podcast sponsored by Fabric Media in Venice, California. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Bloom and Tech. I'm your host, David Bloom, and we pick through the rubble of the collision of entertainment, media, and tech to find a few golden nuggets of wisdom to help get us through our day. Uh, this last little while, it feels like it's been an ad, 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 ad world, to paraphrase the old movie comedy with the all-star cast. Just on Friday... Uh, We had Apple make its first major foray into the advertising world with Friday Night Baseball, which was chock full of ads. I'll talk about that in a little bit. This morning, Evan Shapiro, who is a consultant and former network executive for NBC, put out uh, had a had a keynote speech with the at the the latest Advertising Research Foundation conference, where he was talking about the need to balance subscription streaming video and ad supported video. And we certainly see Apple, which has been subscription only, opening a new frontier. And I also talked with the CEO of Adweek, the publication that tracks the advertising business, and they have a new venture in podcasting where they're adding a bunch of podcasts, they're partnering with some existing ones, and they're pulling all the ones they already have together. And we'll have an, that interview with her and her senior producer over the uh, just-launched Adweek podcast network later in the show. Anyway, to start, I just wanted to talk a little bit about what has happened with advertising and Apple. At 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Friday, Apple TV Plus officially joined the intertwined worlds of live-streamed video, big advertising, and pro sports. A static coming-up graphic backed with the white noise of a buzzing crowd abruptly switched to an in-studio pregame show for Apple's first Friday Night Baseball streamcast, featuring hosts Laura Gardner and former big leaguer Carlos Pena. It was a bit of history marking the debut of the world's most valuable public company into multiple sectors where it has had little or no previous experience. The implications for Apple's increasingly significant SVOD service are substantial. For everyone else, to my mind, the implications are potentially huge. Services such as ESPN+, Peacock, HBO Max, and Paramount Plus have long had significant sports offerings, including the Masters, Golf Tournament, English Premier League Soccer, March Madness, College Basketball, the NFL, NHL, NBA, and more. That's mostly a legacy of their broadcast and cable owners, a natural segue to a new distribution platform for programming they're already doing. Amazon is not that. They are taking over NFL Thursday night football games for about a billion a year after running Fox's game feed for the past few seasons on their own service at the same time. For Apple, though, this all represents a new world, even if it doesn't yet have any other sports or any other live ad-supported programming. But it's hard to believe this will be the last live sports programming Apple acquires now that it has opened up this world. What happens if Apple, the deepest of deep pockets, starts bidding for other live sports against companies with smaller wallets and smaller ambitions. What's it mean, for instance, for just launched Warner Brothers Discovery, which has March Madness, NBA, and NHL rights? But as David Zaslaw settles into the CEO chair of the newly merged company, he has to figure out how to cut $3 billion in quote-unquote synergies, mash together Discovery Plus and HBO Max, and figure out how to pay down $55 billion in debt on a company that generates less than $50 billion in revenue. Does he commission fewer expensive HBO Max shows? What happens there and with other smaller operations will be worth tracking. 
More generally, does this open up the possibility of an ad-supported version of subscription-only TV+, much like those from just about all of its competition other than Netflix? Uh, Soon enough, Disney will join the party. That seems less likely as Apple continues to differentiate TV Plus with no ads and only high-quality originals that can win awards and critical love. An ad-supported version could be a very big change of strategy. But uh, the addition of baseball and other live sports with the ads that are built around them clearly marks a new chapter. Even if Apple doesn't go as far as an ad-supported tier, Friday Night Baseball changes Apple's story about advertising on its platforms, and maybe not in a good way. The company's long made a great deal of marketing hay out of its indifference, even hostility, to targeted ads, most notably by ending the IDFA mobile tracking tags that companies such as Meta relied upon to invasively generate bottomless pools of personal data from Facebook and Instagram users that they turn around and sold to third parties. If Apple goes too hard into advertising around sports, which in modern times are substantially built around ad-friendly pacing and structures, will that undercut its broader position on advertising? Will it impinge in some way on its message of privacy as a human right? As an example, the broadcast touted the ability for fans to get daily video highlights of their favorite team's most recent game dropped into their Apple News Plus feed. Downside, the highlights came with broadcast-length video ads that are roughly as long as the clips and run first. Enduring a 30-second ad to watch a 37-second highlight doesn't feel like a hit in the making. Apple News Plus has had ads, but discrete, static ones that blend in among the news stories. These video ads are the epitome of intrusive. So Apple has both a potential new revenue source and a potential marketing challenge. It also has a lengthy roster of new ad partners, including many of the usual suspects. Geico, Budweiser, MasterCard, The Marines, T-Mobile, Subway, even a CDW ad that included a shout-out for Microsoft Surface Computers. And given the the times that we're in, of course, the uh, screencast featured multiple ads from a blockchain company offering NFT-backed digital baseball cards. The many, many programming breaks provided lots of time for Apple TV Plus to promote its own other offerings at length. Amusingly, Game 2's Houston Astros even featured a player, Jose Siri, who shares a name with Apple's digital assistant. Now that's product placement. There were plenty of shout-outs for Apple products and exclusive use on each team's bench for iPads for players to review the video of their at-bats and pitching information and the like. But the most Apple-y moment was actually unscripted. Washington's a bullion young superstar Juan Soto, just 23 and already an MVP candidate, laughingly said during a live pregame interview, quote, I'd like to have Apple TV for everyone on my team, unquote. Soon enough, word came down from Apple to the announcers that indeed those Apple TVs were on the way to the Washington uh, players. I have to think this is a, a trend that will be <laughs> repeated quite often in the rest of the season. The first Friday night baseball telecasts on Apple TV Plus weren't perfect. They were pretty solid, certainly competent, and interesting in some interesting and interesting in some new ways, I think. But for all of Apple's welcome tweaks to the standard baseball broadcast, there's only so much it can do to dress up a game that's still stuck in about 1993 in way too many ways. Regardless of Apple's impacts on the game of baseball, however, it's clear that live-streaming baseball promises to change a whole lot of things at Apple going forward. We'll be back in a few minutes with my conversation with Juliet Morris, the new CEO of Adweek, their plans for the podcast network, and the producer who will be helping make all that happen, Al Manorino. 
we're back with my conversation with Juliet Morris and Al Manorino of the Adweek Podcast Network. Madame Morris, I would love to hear from you about this significant expansion of your investment into podcasting. And I understand it's more than just having a bunch of podcasts, that there's about the way you cover the industry, about the advertising component there that has become a substantial amount of money. So you've got to pay attention as an ad business trade pub. If you could talk about some of that, I'd love to. So I, um, you know, as background, I've, I've been here at Ad Week for 90 days. I think it's like 95 days now. Old timer. I'm, I'm an old timer. I am steeped in marketing. That is my background. You know, became a, a CEO many years ago, but, you know, I... I really believe, and it is certainly the case, that marketers are the central nervous system for companies. And no longer are they considered the arts and crafts department, which is what a very naive boss of mine once said <laughs> to me. Yeah. And I'm sure that's seared into your memory. I certainly understand why. I mean, it's funny because you know, marketing is more important than ever to break through the noise, right? And yet the lifespan of the typical top 100 company CMO is about 38 minutes, it feels like. I mean, it's like yeah. a Mayfair more because the stakes are so high. So, but no longer the arts and crafts department. So no longer the arts and crafts. And and they in, you know, certainly marketers and the, the marketers worth their metal um, need to understand all aspects of the business, right? The whether it be the revenue models, the new trends, nobody is closer to the user than the marketer. And, and we recognize as, as a company that uh, has served this uh, industry for 47 years and continues to evolve and grow and change with the same level of velocity that marketers are experiencing, that um, it was not only important for us to be more fully on this platform. So we were already a podcaster. We already um, had ones we're incredibly proud of and had strong listening, but we felt that this was really an important time for us to dig in deeper. One, people are starting to get back in their cars um, yes. and commute and uh, get out there. And two, people are over videoed and, <laughs> and, and Zoomed. And so, you know, people want to be able to have the opportunity to learn, to be inspired, to inform to grow in every possible way. And this is the perfect medium for that. And, you know, Adweek has always had a, a unique blend in terms of how we inform and educate and um, uh, advise and grow. And it's been that unique balance of our world-class editors who have their finger on the pulse of everything that's happening and by having incredible relationships with our strong community, by getting the best leaders across the entire ecosystem, as well as uh, talent and people that are, you know, like the Alicia Keys and the A-Rods who have a business side um, to right. what they're doing in their expansion and being able to provide that, that level of entertainment as well to our audience. And so... Um, Al, who is on the phone, along with um, several other people, really spearheaded this initiative for us. And, you know, what was so gratifying was not only 
were we excited about the IP that we have and that we're creating, but we were able to bring other voices within the community, like a Kate Sullivan and a Colin Daniels and all of these other people who also are talking to this incredible ecosystem and want to expand their aperture to be right. able to partner together to bring this incredible array of content. I mean, so is this really one of your very first major initiatives or was this cooking before you even came on and took over the reins? I mean, is this so it was cooking before I got here, but I have to say when I was interviewing, given the fact that I was CEO at at TuneIn, <laughs> which is right. a digital audio platform. What I was um, from the outside looking in, it was an area that I really believed we could and should be more innovative and aggressive in. And so I was pleased to see that this was something that was already in the works. And um, I've just been really bullish on it and really supportive of it and um, anxious for us to get it out in the wild. My blood's ink black probably yours is a little bit too though it sounds like you're a little bit more digitally digitally built over these last several years than i am but I've, I've been writing about digital since the 90s in one way or another but i still got that that ink black blood and print and text made myself learn logic and understand how you can create a relatively audio friendly podcast but what does it mean for you guys to really double down on a completely different platform in terms of your conception of what the company is and where it needs to go. So, I mean, I, I'll take that in two ways because I think it's it's two parts of an answer. One is that Ad Week has always been about storytelling and revealing stories and elevating voices and perspective. And yes, for many, many years, it was purely, to your point, in, in a digital and a hard copy publishing format. But, but that, is our, that is our DNA, that's who we are. And so this is just taking that, that long heritage and excellence of both uh, discovering new stories, elevating um, important people and stories and best practices just to another medium of storytelling. So it feels very natural from that perspective in terms of the other part of your question, this is just one of many innovations, expansions, and evolutions that you're going to see from Adweek over the next six, nine, 12 months. We believe that we have an incredible foundation and platform from which to expand our, our reach and our aperture and to continue to help drive this ecosystem. But the ecosystem is, is very different than it used to be. And so that brings a lot of new people into it. And so there, there'll be a lot of other um, exciting announcements over the next months. A lot of ambition, it sounds like, for changing the way Adweek is configured and focused, uh, or at least expressed, I guess is perhaps a better better way from what I'm hearing from you and taking advantage of some of the new technologies and opportunities and platforms that are out there. I and guess I'm always being very much, you know, um, community first and have, and being able to have a, um, a two-way dialogue with this incredibly passionate group of people who either define themselves as marketers, need to understand marketing to succeed or are just intrigued by it. 
are we going to have you on podcasts on a regular basis? I don't know, Al. Are you going to put me on a podcast? I'm on the spot now. I guess I have to say yes. I actually did one right before right before I left TuneIn for a friend of mine from NBC Universal, which was about know your brand. I I loved doing it, and um, if Al gives me a gives me a job or a spot, I'll be on it. Well, I just feel like you know, hearing from the person on top is a great way to communicate a brand. You know, I mean, uh, Elon Musk may have taken it a little further than some of us are comfortable with, but uh, that's not to say in any way you're like Elon Musk, other than obviously your net worth. So that, uh, that is a big difference. Yes. <laughs> Here and there, a couple of zeros, it's all nothing. Right? You know, it is a really, I think, a great way to translate some of that stuff, particularly when you're in a transformational kind of uh, approach to things. What is uh, the commitment in terms of resources? So some of these are existing podcasts that you already had. Some are existing podcasts that have been out there that you've kind of pulled into the fold and are now under your umbrella. And then you're going to have several new ones. Can you give me some sense of this commitment of resources, what that means for the organization? Is it a significant chunk of change? Um, I mean, I'm trying to get some idea because the great thing about podcasts, they don't have to be expensive to to have an impact. But you've still got to do stuff with them, right? Yeah, so. I mean, listen. I think the the biggest expenditure will like the biggest real expenditure will likely be about the support that we're going to put behind creating the awareness for these podcasts, for our partners, um, and for the for the network. And so that will be in you know paid marketing to get outside of our our current enormous megaphone. And to, as I said earlier, open up the aperture. In terms of the the manpower and the dedication, this is absolutely now considered uh, one of our most important product lines, similar to events and newsletters and um, all the different product lines we have. We believe in it. We're bullish on it. That said, the majority of the investment is coming from the talent and the brain power. And so I think what I just need to do as a leader is to allow Al, the rest of our editors, and those partners that we're working with um, the freedom and the latitude to come to us and work and develop different concepts and uh, and put them not put them out there. So Al, I guess I would ask you uh, in terms of the the array of programs that you're offering up, what is the, the sort of broader strategy for why this set? I mean what what holes are you filling? what opportunities are you creating for conversation and connection that to the community that Juliet's talking about? what what's the vision for the specific, set of new ones and how they fold in with the the outsiders, for instance. When I was starting to develop the idea for the network, I noticed that we had these four shows that were kind of living in these individual silos. Like we had CMO Moves and yeah, that's probably an ad. Uh, Metaverse Marketing, which is one of our newer shows and uh, the business marketing. And they were all kind of just operating independently. And, you know, I think the first idea was like, let's get them under one umbrella. Let's make this kind of a podcast network where we can start putting them all together and, you know, promote them as a family. And then when we really started thinking about it, like, we were like, what, what are we missing? What are we not talking about that we're already doing um, in our coverage? And that's what gave us the inspiration for a lot of these new shows. Like Young Influentials was already a brand 
that we had for Adweek and uh, Colin Daniels, who's uh, our digital editor, one of our digital editors, works very hard to make that issue as amazing as, as it is. And, you know, having extensive conversations with these people that we honor every year, I think that was just a no brainer for us, especially, you know, kind of tapping into the Gen CEO type of, um, you know, audience. With the partner podcast, it was these shows like To Dine For and The Great Fail, they kind of already sound like ad week shows. It's just like an audience that, you know, a more general audience that we had never really tapped into. But like The Great Fail is a true crime inspired podcast. I, but instead of. I know yeah, her. I was going to say. Deborah, I've known her. It, it turns out I've, I've written about her husband's uh, stuff in the video game space and yeah. esports and all that for years. And then I ran into her at a podcast movement conference like before the pandemic. And we keep trying to connect and work together more. We haven't been able to make it happen with this little pandemic and some other things. Now we can definitely try to make that happen. And now we, uh, we're so excited to be working with her. And you're familiar with the podcast. So I don't have to sell yeah. you on it. But it's such a genius idea of like, let's make cereal. But instead of murder, let's make it about failed businesses. And it's like, we already report on these things. And this is a great way for people to learn about it in, in a way that's not just like news headlines. It's more of like, here's the story of how Quibi, you know, shot up to success and, and failed, right? Like things like that. So I would also add to what Al said, we, we've been talking about sort of the, the marketing ecosystem yeah. and the evolution. And when you think about marketing, it is no longer, you know, um, where you're just talking about advertising or you're just talking about media buying. Branding is and marketing are so many things. It's about influencer marketing and the creator community and Web3 and sports and celebrity and all of that. And so what I think Al and the team have done here that's so exciting is that there's really a little bite and a piece of every aspect of that, that ecosystem that you can learn from and at the same time be entertained. As we build IP, it will be to really represent what's happening within the, the marketing branding space that we believe is important to be able to either report on or elevate um, or um, expand one's insight into. You know, this does raise another building IP. You know, one of the great things that's happened in Hollywood is seeing podcasts as an opportunity to road test potential potential documentaries or yep. multi-part, et cetera, et cetera. And that's really become a pretty well-trod path. I'm just seeing, is that something that... Look at We Crashed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, we did have a bit of a run there, I got to say, of tech CEOs behaving badly documentaries that got to be is there any of these guys that we don't want to just shoot right now i mean just just one just give me one you know so, so true. but that is like its old subgenre on uh, on netflix at this point um but there's an opportunity there great fails one is a fine example and you've already got that work there you could encapsulate the rise of quibi and have it be something but is that part of the bigger picture vision we've got here is that some of this may go to other media eventually with a ad week. You know, I would, I would never, I would never rule it out right now. I, I would say that we're really just focused on uh, building out the, the best slate of podcast content and uh, working with uh, both our internal and external talent to raise their their voices in these stories, not only within the podcast network, but across you know our entire and vast offering of of products. 
Now you're using Acast. Al, maybe you can speak uh, directly to this. What are you using Acast for in terms of helping make all this go? Yeah, so Acast was, um, you know, I think one of the first people we looked at. There are a few podcasting uh, hosting platforms out there. They just seem so committed to to working with us on just launching this network and being an assistant throughout. But on top of that, the, you know, they're kind of pioneering the dynamic ad insertion, which is speaking of tech, just a great for us, just so easy to use. And, and, you know, with our sales team kind of coordinating with the ACAS sales team, it's just, it's been, you know, a learning curve, but at the same time, it's just really exciting to do that. And, um, the tech that they've used for that as well of like being able to detect a, you know, a, a break in the podcast, like an actual uh, a point of silence where you can put the ad at the right point is just, you know, very exciting for someone who's started doing podcasting eight, 10 years ago, seeing that it's kind of constantly evolving is great. If there's anything that's important in talking about a story about ad week podcasting, it's the advertising in the ad week podcasts would seem seem uh, almost a criminal uh, oversight on my part. So you will uh, have your own teams selling ads that you would also have in other places that will layer into this as part of dynamic, dynamic ad insertions based on what you know of the, the, the listeners and all that. Is, that. is that the vision? And then you'll work with Acast. Is this heavily automated or a lot of hands-on stuff? I'm trying to understand how this, I mean, how this is going to work. Yeah, it's a, it's a coordinated effort. I think, you know, uh, on, the, on the Acast side, it will be more about um, you know, tapping into their clientele and, and the automation. And then with our sales team, we're going to find very exciting ways to provide potential sponsors, you know, opportunities to be featured throughout the entire ad week, like ecosystem, right? Not just podcasting, right. but our live events and print and digital. And there's, there's a lot of opportunities there for so you're looking at the package deal opportunity to sell it into not just the print publication and the special edition you might put out on some big CPG company or whatever, but but then also conversations and advertising around a podcast that might be themed to that. How you integrate that, I think, could be really interesting and intriguing. Mm-hmm. So is that that sounds like that's part of the vision. Am I correct? Absolutely. I'm looking at Adweek less as a publication and more as a an ecosystem for our users where they, if the goal is to make sure that we are um, informing and educating and entertaining and, and helping to elevate people's careers with the mentorship program we have and, and that content that whether it be our award-winning editorial and reporting to our educational videos and webinars and our newsletters and the podcasts and the events, there is an entire freewheel of uh, opportunities for people to get access to that in the way that is the most organic and relevant to them. And so this becomes another piece of that pie. And that's my conversation with Adweek CEO Juliet Morris and senior producer Al Manorino about the Adweek podcast network that launched this week in a week full of advertising conversations and uh, things that are going on. If you like the show, I hope you uh, rate, review, share, and subscribe. If you really like the show, please go to the place that hosts this across multiple outlets, anchor.fm. They make it possible to drop a few bucks into the till to keep this well-oiled media machine rolling along. And uh, drop me a note if you'd like.
You can find me on Twitter at David Bloom and uh, on LinkedIn at David L. Bloom. And please stay in touch. In the meantime, I hope you're well and doing your part to keep this ad ecosystem rolling. This is David Bloom for Bloom and Tech, over and out. You've been listening to Bloom and Tech. I am your host, David Bloom. Thanks so much. And our podcast has been sponsored in this episode by Fabric Media in Venice, California. Take care, everyone. Thank you.